Good morning. It's wonderful to be with you all this morning. It's good to be back among uh, our family here at Sunshine. And I want to encourage you also to stick around for a few minutes afterwards as we uh, see our, uh, do our little side presentation of our veterans, those who've served our country and us, and how much honor we, uh, we owe them. And we want to certainly call that out. And in speaking of service and the way that we've been served, I wanted to look at Jesus for a bit and his service to us and his call for us to serve others um, in his name. I think that's fitting, the call, the reminder on a day like this, on a weekend such as this, as we're looking at those who've loved us so well, it just seems fitting to just pay a little more attention to Jesus today, like we, well, like we should always. So let's pray together and we'll keep moving. Father, I want to thank you so much for this great day. Thanks so much for all of, all of this, Lord. Uh, we love this. We love being together in you. Uh, we really love hearing one another sing to you. You are so deserving of all that, we, uh, all that we have and all that we are. And Lord, as I look around this uh, auditorium and I see uh, so many different ages represented, so many different hearts that uh, love you dearly, uh, Lord, we uh, love what you're doing here and pray that you would just continue to help us grow in you. Thank you, God, for the beautiful weather, and thank you that we could, uh, we could just look at you now. And God, as we look in your word, as we look at you, I pray that you would move me and us out of the way, and we would get a word from you, that you would encourage us, God, and that you would move our hearts closer to you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Well, I, I don't know where you would start if you would think about those who have um, inspired you through service, um, whatever that would be. And, and as we've mentioned already, when we think about the, uh, those who've served us through the military or in, in those ways, I'm, I mean, honor is just so deserved. But when I think about service, I'm, I start looking toward, uh, it's kind of natural to look toward my grandpa, older genera- the, the older generations who we've watched and we've seen their example and it's so clear so often how they look out for and how they encourage us, how they lead by example and, and so quickly deflect credit and honor um, because of respect for God, number one, and, and it just was the right thing to do. And it's also obvious and right to look to Jesus. I mean, that's where we go. That's where they got their inspiration. But some of the things I want to encourage you about is um, I get a lot of inspiration from our younger generation from the younger generations. We just got back from Honduras, and I love watching college students serve. I love watching teens serve, because they're paying attention. They're paying attention to, to, to you, and they're paying attention to Jesus. And they're doing things um, from places that are right. And I remember this week, uh, this past week on Sunday morning while you were here, we were in Mateo. Um, we have our, our church service there that all the churches in Tegucigalpa go to what they call seminar, and they, they go to Baxter, and all the churches have this mass meeting. Um, well, um, we don't go there. Uh, it's packed. So we go to this little church in Mateo who, who aren't there, and then we walk down to the river. We've built a lot of houses in that area, and we love that area, and, the, and we go to this river, and at the river, it's kind of a... Uh, probably waist deep, 
it, it gets pretty raging at times, but it's about waist deep and massive rocks and women are out doing their laundry on one side and, and people, you know, just, just cleaning and doing the things that they need to have done. And, and the other view, as we're standing there on this, on this, uh, this bridge, is it's very mountainous and really beautiful. And so we go there and, and we talk for a bit and we hang out and we think about what God has done uh, in our lives through the week. And I asked them this question. I said, for the next few minutes, I just want you to wrestle with this. Where do you serve from? And there, there are some of the people here now that were with us on that trip. It wasn't only college students, Jason, Zach, Tyler. There, some adults were with us on the trip. The question, where do you serve from? And then we just wrestled for a while. We just, everybody kind of got a place of their own, and they just thought for a while. And that night we talked in more detail. We talked for a bit there, but that night we talked in more detail. And, and, and honesty and um, faithfulness just kept coming out in our discussion. It was really cool. Not, I mean, I'm not saying they said they serve from honesty and faithfulness. I mean their honesty and their faithfulness to tell the truth, uh, to be transparent. And that moment was so powerful for me, so incredible for me to wrestle with myself uh, so often, the, the younger generation leads me pretty well. But I ask you that question this morning. Where do you serve from? And if we told the truth, it would be from a lot of different places. Some of us say, I serve from power. I serve from insecurity. I serve to get attention. I, I serve to look good. I serve out of insecurity. I serve out of, and you know what I'm talking about here. I serve out of duty. I serve out of, and you, you name it. And, and we have a whole list of things. I serve for myself. I have an image to keep up. I watched a lot of people this past week surf from some cool places. And I watch a lot of you surf from great places as well. Matthew chapter 20. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down asked a favor of him. You have to see this scene here. Jesus, the great servant who is going to die on the cross for everyone's sins, have a, has a woman come up to him. And if you've lived very long, you know this lady. Or, or maybe it's a dad. This mother comes to him, kneels down, and asks a favor. What is it you want, he asked. And she said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right hand and the other at your left in your kingdom. I'm not asking that much. I just would like for my children to be better than everybody else's. <laughs> it isn't that big a deal. Just honor my kids above everybody else's. Okay? What, what, is, that, that, is that really too much to ask? You've seen them. They serve well. They perform well. They're good looking. They're healthy. They would do anything to get credit. And that's what I'm asking. Give them credit. And he says, you don't know what you're asking. Jesus said to them, Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? And we can, they answered. And Jesus said to them, you're, you're, You will indeed drink my cup. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. When the ten heard about this, they did what you do when this kind of stuff happens. They were indignant. It ticked them off. Really? You're better than us? We're all here doing this? We're all here working? We're all here serving? But you, of course... You want the spot. You want the name. You want to be known for it, right? 
And you know those guys. You know me. You don't trust them. You don't believe in them. You want to. You want to get it. You want to click. You want to stop claiming everything for themselves and give honor where honor's due. But you don't trust them. And they don't trust them. And it says, when the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. And Jesus calls them together and says, he's like, man, we got a mess here happening fast. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. It's not how you work. This is not how this happens in the kingdom. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And I have an example. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Even Jesus didn't come to be served or to get a name. He came to, to serve and to love and to honor you and those he was serving. And so the first thought in my mind is, if you're going to serve, where do you serve from? You serve from a place of lowliness, right? Sacrifice. We, we, we complain a lot about big government, but we got big church. <laughs> we got people trying to mandate, mandate service. If we could figure this out, how we could do this well, no. No, we'll serve when we're healthy and happy and love Jesus. That's when you'll serve. That's when I'll serve. When you help me get near Jesus and you disappear and you don't claim that you got me there, but that all glory just goes to him, I'll serve very well. And when you have 250 or 280 or 3,000 people that all love Jesus, you don't have to tell them what to do. They just come together and give it up, right? They'll come together and do that thing they're called to do. But you're not going to tell me to serve if it's not in me because I won't do it. This past week, we were, we were building um, at this, uh, we had this crazy site that we were building on in places you would never build anything. And in the middle of all of this, um, people with, with, compared to the world, okay, buck 25 a day is what the average world income is. Compared to the world, we, our pockets are jingling everywhere we go. And we're, we're building this house, and it's really hot, and this, this sweet lady comes out with watermelon. She starts slicing up watermelon and handing out like my grandma, like somebody I know, like my family. She's just passing out watermelon. She doesn't have money for watermelon <laughs> to feed all of us. But she's giving up watermelon. And Tyler, I know that's a little bitter for you because you were playing with kids working on another site and everything. And but Zach, the watermelon was good, wasn't it? It was really good. And, and so we'll, we'll work on that. But, but, but she's giving us watermelon. And, and, I'm, and I'm thinking and we're talking out of all of this, all that we've, we think we've done to get her, her sacrifice is so much greater than ours. Her service is so much more honoring to God. We're serving out of our riches. You remember the woman with the two small coins? I can see Jesus standing back and going, look at this, man. Watermelon. <laughs> to Americans. How cool is that? How wonderful. A couple of years ago, our family trip was building up in the mountains 
uh, about two hours outside of Tegucigalpa. And we're, we're working, and it's hot, and these two ladies with nothing, they, they barely have anything to cook on it. It's like this 50-gallon drum, and they build a fire in it, and they make quesadillas. And I remember being in classes in college when they would say, if you're in a foreign country and they stick something in front of you, you eat, eat it even if you have to kill it first. And um, I'm going, I don't know about this. And uh, no, I know I got to eat this. It's so right. And man, it was so good. They didn't have the money to make us food. But you serve from low places. It costs you something. You don't serve out of your wealth. I mean, you serve out of your wealth. But I mean this position. It's a heart thing. You serve from a low position. It's the woman who's washing Jesus' feet as her tears come from her eyes. And she's washing his feet and drying them with her hair. She's got nothing to offer him. But she does that. And then this small perfume bottle that she has, she, she begins to anoint him there. Philippians chapter 2, so we're serving out of a low position. Philippians 2, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any tenderness and compassion, if, then make my joy complete. If you have any of these things, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of Jesus Christ. Now, there's a kicker, man. He's talking about humility. He's talking about honoring others better than yourself. And then he says, have the same mindset of Jesus. If I'm giving myself a grade, I've got an F already, okay? Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant. The very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. And gave him a name that is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. And when I, when I think about this, I'm thinking about this humility. I remember watching this as the stories we've already talked about. I remember watching students, man, who have, have social media so readily available, and it's real easy to talk and brag, and they just left that stuff alone, and they just kept serving and loving kids. And I think about Jesus on the cross, and I think about times when he says, when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. You know how difficult that is? <laughs> These are both me. My left hand and my right hand are both me. It's, it's who I am. And it's almost as if he's saying, when you give, give so genuinely that you trick yourself. I don't know. I, I mean, it's uh, so wholesome, so right. Give so freely that it's only, only God who gets the credit, only God who gets the glory. I mean, when you see Jesus on the cross, when he's wrestling with, and he, and, and he could. <laughs> Have you guys seen me um, at home? I mean, I'm, I'm a heaven guy. I'm one of those people hanging out with you here. You should honor me. You should. And he didn't claim any of that. 
It didn't matter to him. But he humbled himself, and he came down here, and he put this on. And hung out with you and me and walked where we walked and did what we do without, without boasting, without claiming credit, without always going around going, boy, you want to be serving me because I'm going to die and I'm the only way that you're going to get to heaven. No, he just he kept loving. He told the truth, but not for his credit, for God's glory and God's honor, always. And if we're going to serve and we're going to be the people who serve like Jesus called us to serve, and we're standing on that bridge in Honduras, and I ask where you serve from, and I ask us here, where do you serve from? If you're going to follow Jesus, the, the natural place, after or combined with lowliness or, or sacrifice, would be humility. It would be humility. It would have to be humility. His, that's what he did, and that's his call to us. Humility, C.S. Lewis says, not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. It's not about me. It's about him. Romans 5, 6 through 8. You see, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man some might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Combined with the other two, I think a natural, I know a natural place to serve would be out of love. That's what Jesus did. That's what drove him here. That's what pressed him to come be with us, to, to do what we could not do. It was his love for us, God's incredible love for us. He demonstrated it that while we were sinners, not, it wasn't like Good. See, I, could, I can encourage you about my mom. I can tell you how great my mom was about her deep love for me because she always took such good care of me. If I was sick, she stayed up late until I felt better. <laughs> if I was struggling for something, she was struggling. If I was hurting, she was hurting because she loved me, loves me. But Jesus' love runs so much deeper than that because Jesus' love loves everyone <laughs> And he loves them well. My mom loves me, and she loved the world with a, with, a, uh, you know, with a love that was right and good. But she wasn't dying for them, okay? But Jesus so much that he met the need, he came and served. I, was, I love watching when we're there in Honduras. I love watching you guys, man. When kids are coming up and you love them well, you, it matters to you that they're healthy. It matters to you that something is going in there. Uh, that, that when they see you, you know, I'm seeing Jesus, they're seeing Jesus here, and so you want them to go home with mom and dad having supported what mom and dad are trying to do. <laughs> Church folks don't miss you, they see you, right? You've been noticed today. That stuff matters. It matters deeply. And I love watching that when we're, when we're in Honduras, watching girls and boys that are so much younger than you, having caught on to the stories that you're living Living out the gospel, not with words, but with love and hugs and doing whatever it takes to express somehow Jesus' love for them as you do with one another. And back to that story, um, Matthew 7, Luke 7, um, there's a, Jesus goes to Simon the Pharisee's house. He's invited and he goes. And while, while he's eating... This woman comes up to him, and she begins to uh, 
as her tears are running down, they're wetting his feet. And, and then she's taking her hair and, and drying them. And this is an interesting scene because Simon, this Pharisee, is thinking to himself, if, if, if he only knew what this woman was all about, what kind of life she's lived, there's no way he would be letting this happen. And Jesus, seeing, understanding, perceiving, discerning her, his thoughts, says, I have a story. Um, so, so two men owned, owed this man money, one 500 denarii, uh, 150, and, and neither could pay him back, and so he forgave them both. Which one do you think loves him more? And he said, well, of course, the one with the greater debt. And he said, well, I came to your house. You didn't give me anything to wash my feet. But she, she washed my feet with her tears. You didn't dry it, but she dried them with her hair. You didn't anoint my head, but she put this perfume on. You didn't kiss me, but she has kissed my feet this whole time. Where there is great grace or great forgiveness, there is great love. And that's what Jesus is pressing with this story. And when you understand what Jesus has done for you, not, not the concept, not, not just the brainy stuff, but when it gets here, when it settles in, when you understand who you really are and what you're capable of and what it costs, what it costs for you to be in heaven one day. There's nobody in this room that it didn't cost Jesus' life to get you home. It sounds really romantic sometimes how we, how we paint it up, but what I'm telling you is it cost the Son of God his life. He had to die so you would have a shot at eternity with God himself. That's a crazy story. You're a messed up person, okay? Your life is all jacked up. As good as you are, as great as you look in your community, man, compared to God, you are a mess, and the right response from that is tears, hair washing feet, kissing, breaking open, whatever it costs. Because where much has been forgiven, there's much love. It's natural. And then to turn that love to whatever Jesus loves. And he loves the world. It's not just the church he loves. We're supposed to serve one another, yes. But man, he loves the world. He doesn't want one to be lost. And so you take that sacrifice and that humility and, that, and then that love you sense for what Jesus has done for you and you serve out of it. I serve out of it. I need to serve out of it. John 13, one of my favorite scenes. It was just before the Passover festival when Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own that were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. And so he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. 
another scene of Jesus' life, another scene of service. Isn't that crazy <laughs> that everywhere you just take a snapshot of Jesus, he's serving. Another snapshot of Jesus, he's serving. Another snapshot of Jesus, he's serving. Another snapshot of Jesus, he's serving. That, another on and on and on. And everything he did, he was serving. And, 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 and I think there's a, a secret here that will help us understand why. A few verses down, it says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, and after that he poured water in a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet. He says that he had come from the Father. He knew he was going to the Father. So he got up and washed the disciples' feet. It was a natural thing. We've talked about this before. It wasn't like he was going, man, no one else is going to wash anybody's feet, so, so Jesus is going to get up and wash you. Really, guys, you're going to let Jesus wash your feet. I'm going to have to be the one to do this. You know, I'm the son of God. Why am I washing your feet? It doesn't say because all of them had punk attitudes and didn't want to do anything, he had to wash their feet. It doesn't say despite of, in spite of, or anything else. It just says so. He knew where he'd come from. He knew where he was going. He knew who he was, so he got up and washed their feet. Servant was his ID. If he had to flip out a badge, it would say servant. And that's our ID as well. Our identity, the true us, the real you, is servant. It's, it's in your bones. It's who you are. It's, it's the natural thing in you. It's your go-to um, strength, your go-to call. Though saying strength, I mean weakness. You understand that. Okay, so, so um, here he is. Identity, um, humility, love, uh, sacrifice. Where do you serve from? How about this one? So Jesus is in the garden. Every gospel captures this. He's in the garden and he asks some of his friends to wait here while I pray. And as he's praying, this sweat like drops of blood is pouring from him. He's in anguish. He's troubled and he asks that this cup pass from me. If it be your will, I don't want to do it like this but not my will, yours be done. And I sense in this, this moment, this great brokenness of Jesus, not his physical body, his, everything that he is, this, this, everything is falling apart here. Everything is, I mean, he's sensing all of this sin of the world is going to be placed on him. He's sensing all that's going to happen to him physically and all that's going on. And, and I don't know about you, but I played around with some broken things before in myself. It's not a good place to be. I had to look at myself and see how I don't measure up and how I've really messed things up at times. And I know the last thing that we want to do is own up to that thing, whatever it is. We don't want to proclaim it in public. We, we want to serve out of high places. But what I want to tell you is Jesus didn't serve out of a high place. He served out of a low place. He served from a broken place. 
the very broken place. It's going to cost him his life, okay? That's a pretty broken place. And, and while we in, 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 in the church in, in North America would like to imagine that we're going to keep things all together and get our ducks in a row and we'll serve from high places, it ain't going to happen like that. And your detriment to the church, you need to be here. <laughs> but that attitude is a detriment to the church. Our society cannot mandate how, this, how the church functions. And while the society says, you've got to look good, you've got to keep things together, you've got to keep climbing the ladder, Jesus is saying, you've got to get low, you've got to tell the truth, you've got to admit, I'm a mess. And that's the kind of people people want to follow. That's why they follow Jesus. Because he served from low positions. He said, I don't want to do this. This is miserable. This is awful. Something else, please. It's not a high position, man. That's not having it all together. That's not faking. Service was Jesus, is Jesus' DNA. And it is yours spiritually and physically. You've been handed a, a body makeup, a chemistry, whatever you call it. And whenever you're cut, it says service. Whenever you start bleeding, it's servant. When you start thinking and you start trying to focus on what I'm supposed to be doing, it's servant, servant, service. That's what it is. We know that. It's not difficult to know we're supposed to be servants. The difficulty is, where do you serve from? Where do you serve from? What's your go-to place? You want to serve in power and strength? Keep things all together? Get your ducks in a row? Look like things are all right, man? Service in God's kingdom sometimes looks a lot more like herding cats than ducks in a row. It just doesn't work like that, man. The world's broken and hurting. And so are you. And your greatest strength, your greatest go-to place in service is that thing in you that is so messed up that it took Jesus to fix. And so many of us want to hide from that. I'm not the adulterer. I'm not the drug addict. I'm not the alcoholic. I'm not the one struggling with porn. <laughs> yeah, you are. It's just different. It's just a different one. And I assure you, whatever it is that has cost you, whatever it is that it took Jesus to die to fix is your go-to place to serve. And until you admit it, you're going to be struggling along trying to find a place to serve. That's why you say things when someone's hurting. Oh, well, Jesus is going to have a great ministry in you with those people. You're right. And he's got nothing in you until you admit where you're from, where your struggle is. And while you're saying those things, you go, man, I wish I could come clean. I wish I could get free so I could serve. I don't know where I'm supposed to be serving from. Well, tell Jesus the truth. He'll clue you in. Because your wound, your brokenness is your avenue to his service. And until you admit it, until you come clean, you can't get there. Sacrifice. Amen? Love. Absolutely. Humility. Yes. Identity. Absolutely. Brokenness. That's the call. Until you see yourself there, until you serve from those places, you're not serving like Jesus. 
You can run a good program, might be a good manager, but you're not serving like Jesus. And there's some hindrance in how the church grows until we do. Let's pray together. Father, thanks so much for this day. Thank you so much for so many that you've used to teach me, God. And I admit openly before you in this group that I am, a, I am not a right servant. I thank you that I could share this message. And I pray, God, that you would help me and all of us get to better places as servants. Father, I look in your word and I see how much you love children. I see how much you remind us of how valuable all of that is. And Lord, I thank you that you have taught me so much through the youth, through little kids, through uh, junior high, through high school and college students, God, a reminder of what my life was called to be like. If something about us growing up and growing out of touch with humanity, Father, getting comfortable and settling in. And I pray you'd stir us up and make us a little uncomfortable. Poke us with a pen or something, Lord. But wake us up. And in saying that, I want to remind myself in this, this place here that you are doing a great work through this church. There are a lot of wonderful servants here, God. But, Father, none of us are quite what you've called us to be. So I pray that you move us closer to you today and always. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. If you desire to respond in any way to the invitation today, there'll be an elder on either side of this auditorium. If you need prayer or encouragement, they're really good at that stuff. Or if you want to die to yourself and be immersed into Jesus, this would be an excellent day for that.